Welcome back. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. And if you enjoyed this show and want to listen to it again, or if you happen to miss it, go check out the podcast. We put pretty much everything up there. Check it out, WFNZ app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Check out Wes and Walker. So many camps are rolling all over the NFL. We're getting to hear some early returns uh, on the rookie quarterbacks thus far. I saw Pete Prisco said today <laughs> on Twitter, he said, who doesn't look good in many camp right now? That's Give right. me a break. But um, so when we look at things and holistically, as far as this draft and Bryce Young, and we're excited about him for sure. But Let's just look at it from a different angle here. Let's go to an alternate universe, if you will. If things didn't work out, Bryce Young didn't turn out to be the quarterback we thought that he could be, which quarterback in this draft could the Panthers regret not drafting the most? I think Anthony Richardson is the guy. If Anthony Richardson is going to be celebrated as well as because of his you know, football acumen, where the processing was good with him, too. Remember the S2 scoring? It was all the rage. Bryce Young had the best score ever. Anthony Richardson scored within the 70th percentile. So very good. On top of maybe being the best athlete coming out of college football at that position we've ever seen, the combine would certainly suggest that. So, okay, if you have all the physical tools, and then he starts to learn the game at a fast pace in the NFL, and the accuracy comes along as well, then Anthony Richardson would be that guy to me. I don't think Bryce Young's going to fail. I know you don't think that either. But if you were to miss out on something, man, I wish we had that in a Panther uniform. How fun would that be? Richardson is the guy I go to. I think I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud just because for so long in the process, we heard it came down to those two. We heard how much that Frank Reich liked him, even though we did hear how much they did like Anthony Richardson say, as Richardson well. Richardson seemed to be second no, on we their did. list. Yeah, yeah. But C.J. Stroud, we heard a lot that, that Frank Reich loved the size and, and he loved different things about him and with the accuracy that C.J. Stroud possesses and the fact that you know he was positioned second behind Bryce Young. I would look at him maybe. Uh, I think he's going to have a successful career as well. I think the accuracy that he has is up there with anybody's, and I think he's going to progress fast as well. I do think this is one of the better quarterback drafts that we've seen. I think Anthony Richardson, surely I agree with you with the, with the crazy athleticism and all the things that he could be if he is able to pop. But I would just go with C.J. Stroud because I could imagine if things didn't work out in that alternate universe, I could see Frank Reich just in his mind being like, see, we should have have taken C.J. Stroud like I wanted to uh, and and the guy that I thought fit most with with what I wanted to do. So I I think it's just an interesting thing to think about, especially with these guys. They're all going to be tied together throughout their entire career. We're all going to go look back at this 15, 20 years from now. How did these guys do and 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 how they are tied to each other? So to help for Panther fans not to regret not taking any of the other quarterbacks, how much more help does Bryce Young need? Because 
we saw that the Panthers are listed with the third highest odds to land one DeAndre Hopkins. A lot has been coming out with him lately. He talked about yesterday it was trending what he's looking for in his next team. He could stay in Arizona. I thought one of the pointed comments he put in what he was looking for was a quarterback who loves the game. I think that said a lot maybe about one Kyler Murray and all the <laughs> yeah. things that we hear uh, about him. But how much more help does he need? And if Carolina was to trade for him, how do you think that he would fit in? Well, did you see his top five list of quarterbacks that he'd like to play with? Let us know. He released a top five list that was a talking point on, I think, ESPN because he didn't include Dak Prescott. But among the quarterbacks that he listed, they were the ones that you might expect. There was Justin Herbert on that list. There was Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. Those are the five. All five of those QBs play for contenders or teams that made the playoffs last season. So I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins would want to come to Carolina, at least compared to some of those other squads. Now, if you traded for him, you talked him into it. Hey, Bryce Young is the real deal. Maybe they form a connection. That's how he could fit. And honestly, this is somebody that could help tutor a Jonathan Mingo, who is now a younger receiver. You could have that kind of Adam Thielen effect while also still being an awesome receiver right here, right now, to help you push for the postseason as soon as year one of Bryce Young's playing career. I think he would fit well. And I know people sometimes will talk about him being a hothead or or DeAndre Hopkins being a malcontent in the locker room. I don't worry about that at all. I don't. I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins is so explosive. I don't think that personality is so explosive that it couldn't work with another young QB. I think we saw it in Arizona a little bit, but that seems to be a Kyler Murray problem right now. Yeah. I don't think I put that all on DeAndre. Plus, we see wide receivers get fiery if they don't have the football thrown their way. We can see that. And if you look at DeAndre back with Deshaun Watson, seemed to be fine with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback, at least then how they were able to play on the football field with one another. So that doesn't necessarily bother me. I, I, do, I just didn't like the idea before the draft of trading impressive capital since you already gave up some of the stuff for Chris McCaffrey. I guess you got some of that stuff back with CMC. But now, yeah, it, it might make some sense to go after Hopkins. I just don't know how initially Hopkins would welcome a trade to Carolina. Uh, I think that when you look at this situation, I, I think it's interesting as to – far as how the depth chart will work if they did bring him in. But as far as how much more help does he need, we talked about the offensive line being top 15 in pass block and run block win rate. They're kind of more towards that 15. So obviously he's going to need the line to improve and get even better and hopefully get into that top 10 to where they're top 10 in both categories. So I think he needs more help if we wanted to point to something on the offensive line as far as them getting better. There are injuries there as well. Chandler Zavala, we'll see how he can step into that situation. Uh, Jonathan Mingo could also be the help that he needs because he could end up developing into the number one receiver that I'm sure the Panthers are looking for. They have good veteran receivers. We've talked about them at length. But as far as how much more help does he need this season, I mean, I guess if you had to put something tangible down on the table, maybe that alpha de facto number one receiver yeah. like a DeAndre Hopkins, a guy that comes in that he can depend on. Like you talked about yesterday with, with Andrew Luck and – 
uh, Reggie Wayne, how he was looking for him at, at, at every turn. And I think for him, that would be a good safety blanket for him to have as far as when these defense and the chaos that Indomitian Sue talked about, a guy that he could say, hey, when all else fails, I'm going to throw that thing to 10, assuming that would be the number that he would wear here. So I think that uh, if I had to point to something that he needed like right now today, because Mingo obviously will develop, but I would point to just the offensive line taking that next leap but a number one de facto wide receiver. Well, the thing about DeAndre Hopkins, too, that I think makes a best friend for a rookie QB is the fact that he has an excellent contested catch rate. Yes. The fact that you could throw him the football he's and it'd be a 50-50 ball king. If it's anything like that, you know he's got the sticky hands, man. Is he the best in the league at 50-50 balls, in your opinion? He might have the best hand. If Are, are, are we just saying, does he have the best hands in the I'm league? I'm just saying, Which like, he could. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, but in 50-50 situations, like a guy that the quarterback in trouble, I'm going to throw this thing up and we're going to get a big play out of this more times than not. Is he the best at that? Well, part of this provides a little nuance too because maybe he's a great 50-50 catcher because of the way that he's not getting separation in some of those moments. Mm-hmm. So part of that's not a great thing, but but it does help. I mean, he's still a good route runner. He's just getting a little bit older. Maybe the speed is starting to go away from what it used to be. But again, this is not some knock on him. He's still a fantastic receiver. I don't know who else I'd put up there. I I do think part of it is because he doesn't have as much separation as some of these other great receivers, right? Like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, some of the best route runners that you might put as the top wide receivers in the NFL. Well, if they have five yards separation, then they're not going to have a huge contested catch rate because there's not that many opportunities. But if there are some of those, then yeah, maybe Hopkins is that guy that you have to put number one. Yeah, and and, and Speed has never been nuked game as far yeah. as just him coming out. He was kind of a mid 4-5 guy, kind of close to that 4-6 range. So the name of the game for him was crafty route running and being able to separate as far as getting those 50-50 balls as well, man, and just having spectacular hands. What size gloves does he wear? I think anywhere like a triple X, I think they said. Well, remember, they used, I, I'm not sure. I know it's the big hands, but remember they used to do that with Hakeem Nicks. You remember that? Yes. They used to talk about every single Giants broadcast that you would ever watch. And they were fun at that time because they had yeah. the jet blue wide receiver core with Steve Smith and Mario Manningham. They would always say, and Hakeem Nicks, he has the, Four XL, they have to special. Yeah, order he's it. got a triple XL. DeAndre Hopkins. Does. Yeah, it's crazy. So when you look at it, just if he were to come in, the depth chart though, what what would that look like? Because does he then does it shift everybody down a spot? Because would you go then nuke one, feeling two, chart three, Mingo four? Like that would that would definitely yeah. change things on the depth chart when you talk about fit. Well, if they're average to maybe even below average right now, it'd be a strength for this team, at least in year one. You still have to invest in that position because of a year one contract with Chark because Thielen and DeAndre are older. So, yes, you might have a pretty damn good group of wide receivers in year one, but you still have to invest. Mm -hmm. I do think that you're pushing LaVisca Chenault out. You just as much as I like Chenault enough in that spot, Chenault's not going to come in here and take even. I mean, Marshall had a better year last year. He was better. Mm -hmm. And so if you talk about Shai Smith who also they called upon quite a bit. Shai Smith is somebody that's going to be considered an odd man out. If they keep six receivers, then you're probably going Chanon, but it would go, you're right, D-Hop, Chark, Thielen, Terrace Marshall, Jonathan Mingo, there's your five in whatever order you want to put them in. We have a pretty good idea. And then it's like, all right, I guess we'll keep six receivers. Let's go Chanon, Shai Smith. Remember they brought in Demir Bird, former Carolina Panther receiver in a previous time. So 
Yeah, it does push everybody down because Hop is clearly wide receiver one if he's on this team. Yeah, so you talk about, we talked about the DraftKings projections. We talked about the PFF projections. Do you think that, not saying that the coaches look at this and they say, oh, man, did you see that article? We need to make a move. But do you think that them being as football smart as they are, they look at this roster and they kind of maybe feel like it's needed? Maybe they say, hey, if we really want to get to where we're going to, we need to add this. And if he's out there, let's go try to get this. Yeah, I think Scott Fitter has proven he has no problem getting in the mix with any player that's available. Zero problem. It's the old adage of the Carolina Panthers in the Scott Fitter era. We are in on every deal. And if DeAndre Hopkins is out there to be had then they are going to take a look at him to make this team better. And plus, it, it does make some sense. I, I never wanted to give up a ton of assets to go get him when he was first on the market. But I think this is why the NFL teams let it play the way it did. The market starts to dwindle. You fix some of the holes on your roster through the draft. All right, so now there's not as big a market for Hopkins. That means the price comes down. And maybe this actually becomes somewhat of a luxury for Carolina if they are interested in all of this. Now, I don't know about how the money would work in this situation. I don't know if that's something you would want to have like a one-year deal with Hop. I, I don't know what would happen there. Were you working any contract? But yeah, they would absolutely look at it because if nothing else, Scott Fitter is going to look at every single available player in the league. Because the source comes from bookies.com odds maker Adam Thompson, and he updated his outlook on his teams. The Cardinals are still holding on at one at plus 200, but the Kansas City Chiefs are number two at plus 300. That's a situation I don't think that I want to see well, happen. Well, if DeAndre Hopkins is already out here talking about quarterbacks that he'd like to play with <laughs> and Kyler Murray is not on that list, then I'm going to go ahead and put Arizona as not the number one team to retain him. Yeah, and then you have the Panthers and the Bears sitting there at plus 550. But I think that, like I said, Kansas City is a team I'd be most fearful. And then the Detroit Lions... Uh, are in the mix as well. So that would be an interesting situation. But it's fun to talk about. We'll see if the Panthers go out and try to make this move. Uh, I think at the end of the day, they'll probably explore because I think they'll look over the landscape of things and say, hey, this could be the guy that could put us over the top and make us NFC South champs. But when we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, we go to the campus corner and we're going to talk a little college football player rankings. Top 100 came out. And we're going to break it down. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, finishing up. Talking about more of the snack packs from Josh Fitty Marlowe. We were just, I don't know if we were debating whether toaster strudels were actually healthy for you or not, but he was saying they're not that bad for you. Yeah, to eat three in the morning for breakfast. They are good. I'm not going to deny you that, Fitty. Is that your, that's got to be like your favorite breakfast food, right? I mean, outside of just having a good home cooked breakfast from somebody, if you're just going to go on the go, whatever. Toaster strudels are very good. Yeah, I mean, like, unless you're going to count, like, if I stop at the McDonald's and get a sausage biscuit and yeah. two hash browns, mm-hmm. like, like at home, <laughs> like, yeah, like, at home, I prefer, like, yeah, that's that's my favorite um, 
Over over Pop Tarts. How much icing do you use for each pastry? Just the one little packet that they give yeah, you. That's all you get. Let's just get one. Well, I didn't know if everybody. You make sure that you use all of it though. Like you can't. Okay, yeah, I'm I, with you. I'm the guy that will spread it out, and then whatever's still left in the pack, you know, I just like mm-hmm. put it in my mouth and just <laughs> suck the rest of it out. That's what she said. No, 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 no. We can move on from that. 704-570-9610. I did want to ask this. I know some people like toaster strudels. I was a much bigger fan of toaster scramblers. Do you remember those things? I do. Why are you making a evil face with that? Like that was the worst thing I ever said. They are disgusting. They're just full of sausage and egg. And What's the, the difference between the fruit filling and then the icing? Because it's not good sausage and I mean, it's there not is a good egg. It's very good. The scramblers and the hot pockets. I saw Kyle Bailey walking with a hot pocket not too long ago. Boy, those took me back. Love hot pockets. It feels like back the, the Jimmy day. Dean sausage. You could maybe sell this like below average sausage they're putting in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for it. <laughs> 704. Now you have different opinions here. 704 said, whoa, Fitty, you got to stop. Wolfpack James said, toaster strudel over cereal. That's a good question. It sounds like you would choose a strudel over cereal. No, I'm. Yeah, maybe. What was that? It sounds like you would choose a strudel over cereal. Yes, I'm not a big cereal guy. <laughs> yeah, people are telling you to stop from that uh, savage comment you just made. Let's move on. <laughs> we did want to talk a little bit more about college football player rankings. We've been going through some of this. There's been some off-season content. Good old rank radio in the college football world because the season has not begun. And so it leaves us to debate who is the actual best player in each conference. Who is the second best player in each conference? Because we haven't seen them take the field yet this year. Well, we did have some player rankings. And we saw, what was this outlet that ranked the top 100 players? Because we have a couple of different lists here. But according to one list. Yeah, all college football. It is uh, Instagram's top source for college football. But they have 250,000 followers. So I follow them as well. I was not questioning the merit of this. No, 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 I wasn't. I was just letting people know where it's coming from. So there you go. So you have Instagram's top media publication, whatever, that is covering college football. I don't know. We got a list, man. And we're going to tell you who's on it. Drake May was second on this list. Yes, ranked the second best player in all of college football. I know how you've been talking about his last month of the regular season. <laughs> There's no, and just even the entire season, mm-hmm. there's no way you think Drake May should be second on this list, I presume, behind Caleb Williams. Um, That's the problem. So the beginning of his season was so good. The first probably, I'd say, two-thirds of it was so good. And I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt at this point because I do think as far as almost drafting, so to speak. Like, if I was starting a college football program, who would I want to start it with? And so I think when you look at it in those terms, he's certainly a top-five player uh, with what you saw from him for the majority of last season. So I've got no problems with it so far. I just want to see him revert back to the guy that we saw the majority of the season. But, Wes, we've had debates on this show Mm -hmm. about you putting Drake May second in his own conference. Yes, and you're putting Riley Leonard number one. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine you wouldn't like, if Drake May is not even the best player in his conference, best quarterback in his conference. No, because How is he the second no, best player in college football? The thing football? is about power rankings, you rise and you fall. So at the end of the season, especially before bowl season, he had lost uh, four games and he had only had. No, I know. Uh, I know all the reasons. That's what I'm saying. So in a power rankings, I couldn't keep him at number one. He wasn't living up to the number one status. So I think he's a better overall player than uh, Riley Leonard as far as talent goes. But as far as play on the field, he fell behind him at the end of the season. Okay. 
But as far as when you're coming into next season and you're talking about potential and what he could be and especially what he was for most of the year last year, I can live with that. So when we do the West Bryant ACC QB power rankings, mm-hmm. you promised to have Riley Leonard there, number one, because of the way Drake may finish. Mm-hmm. But now... No, this is their rankings. You're asking me if I have an issue of what they put. I said I can. I'm live just trying with to make that. it make. I'm just making a sense. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out what it yeah. is with Riley Leonard because you have absolutely been on the Riley Lan- uh, Leonard bandwagon. Yes, and the guy was awesome. I'm I'm actually with you on him being disrespected by a lot of publications. Oh, yeah. The guy was very good. We mm-hmm. can give him his credit, and he was not on this list of the top 100 players. I did want to kind of mesh this in with another ranking. I like SaturdayRoad.com's rankings a lot better. Mm-hmm. I know you have a big old bone to pick with them, as you suggested on the rundown, mm-hmm. too. But these rankings are, as far as the quarterbacks go, SaturdayRoad.com has Drake May as the number one quarterback in the ACC. Understandable. I think Jordan Travis here at number two on this list, 36 in the top 100 player list. Yes. Riley Leonard is three on this list, mm-hmm. while he's not to be found on the top 100. Klubnik is number four. I think all of those are exactly how I would rank the top five ACC QBs coming into this season. I think they nailed it with the top four. Do you have a bone to pick with the top four, or is it later on the list? That yeah, that's later on the list. I mean, there are, as far as me coming into next season, Riley Leonard is my guy because of how he finished the year. No question about that. But I'm saying that when you talk about Drake May, if I'm looking at this list and rearrange it, like I said, if you want to go, I'd have Riley Leonard, Drake May, Travis, Club Nick, but my main gripe was Jerk Jakovic at six. Okay. I mean, I'm like, how? What has he shown you to put him at six? And Brennan Armstrong as well at five. But I think there's a lot of unknowns right now. But I would have put Garrett Schrader up over Brennan Armstrong and Phil Jakovic. Now, Mitch Griffiths, I think, is going to light it up this year, not just because he's Wake's quarterback, but just from what I've seen, what Clawson talked seems about. seems fair, though. Eight seems fair for him without having proven much. Without having proven much. And Van Dyke, the injuries, and then he did not look great in that Josh Gaddis offense, even though in the spring he has looked fantastic. I think when it's all said and done, I think that Van Dyke will probably come in there at that four spot. Griffiths will move up as well. And then I like Schrader. That would be my top six. I think that would be my top six as well. That would be the only problem that I had, but it did look like the top four rankings and, and even the top five with Brennan Armstrong. Is he the biggest wild card QB in the ACC this biggest year? Biggest wild card. A lot of people think that because he's going over there with Coach and I to uh, NC State, they think that he could probably conjure back up the magic that he had from two years ago, and I'm not sure that we're going to see that. Uh, that that Virginia team that year, when you talk about the receivers, that they had the skill guys, that, that was a really good group of players uh, that they had there and I'm not sure NC State has that kind of skill talent yeah I think Brennan Armstrong is the guy that I'm I'm most interested to see how he plays right because you do have some solid base with everyone and I just don't know if last year Brennan Armstrong if that was only at the fault of Tony Scott or if we're talking about two years prior to that that's the actual real Armstrong that ran for a million yards that threw for a million two mm-hmm. I mean he was one of the most prolific players as far as a box score would tell you yeah. in all of college football yeah. so and, and, and NC State fans don't even want him to start in some cases they want Morris instead yeah. of Brennan Armstrong I have no clue what to do with that QB situation yeah and the thing that's crazy to me is you put Bo Nix at 13 and he and Riley Leonard were one of only three quarterbacks with 25 plus passing touchdowns and 11 plus rushing touchdowns, and Duke won nine games. They throttled UCF in that bowl game. So 
So that's one thing. How does Riley Leonard not even appear in the top 100? I think uh, Oregon, how many games did they win last season? Um, they didn't win much more Ten. than Duke did. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. They won one more game than Duke did, but yet Riley Leonard doesn't make the top 100. It's comical at this point, the disrespect for this kid. All right, so we have some disrespect for Riley Leonard in college football. I did want to get to some NBA postseason discussion today because we skipped over it when we were talking about irrational fear and also the Carolina Hurricanes going down. So the NBA was kicked to the curb a couple of different times. But we got to talk about maybe LeBron James' last game ever, possibly. He made it sound like that was a possibility after they were officially swept by the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals last night. Denver now going to the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history. And LeBron said that he's going to have to think about some stuff this offseason. Now, a lot of people aren't buying it. Wes, I kick it to you. Are you buying that we saw LeBron James play his last NBA game? No, not at all. He, I mean, he's already come out and said that he wanted to play with his son, and I think he's going to try to make that happen. That will require him playing another two seasons at minimum, and with him coming off a season averaging 29 points per game and making All-NBA, I just don't think the basketball junkie that is LeBron James is ready to put it down quite yet. I think it was more of a power move. As he always does, and one of the things that I don't like about him is that he just does passive-aggressive stuff to try to get people to do what he wants them to do, and I think this is one that you can just add to the list. I love that he's playing with everyone here. <laughs> I mean, this is LeBron. You can't have Denver get all of the attention by going to the finals for the first time in NBA right. history, for their franchise history. He needs you to be talking and about the possibility of that. him retiring, which is phenomenal. And this is the dialogue, by the way. I believe this was a back and forth with uh, with Dave McMiniman, if I'm not mistaken. But I know he was there at the press availability. He said that he's got some things to think about. He said, quote, I've got a lot to think about. Somebody asked, when you say you got to think about stuff, what thread should we be pulling on that? LeBron said, if I want to continue to play, they said, as in next year. And he said, yeah. They asked, would you walk away? He said, I got to think about it. So that's the dialogue. Now, I saw Fiddy put his hand or put his face in both of his hands. I'm sure you're disgusted with all of this surrounding LeBron James. Did you want to sound off on LeBron, Fiddy? They'll look at this to see whether this is a flagrant. Oh, man, that was scary. I don't, even, I don't even know if I want to see that again. You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> All right, I got a lot I could get off my chest. First off, man, I was there for the first half performance last night. It was fun. I, I wanted to see the, the series extend because now we got nine days before the finals get underway. And then ESPN does what ESPN does best. They propaganda LeBron James <laughs> with that video of him just shooting out there while they're rehearsing the trophy presentation. And Mike Brain, oh, you, you think he doesn't want his season to end tonight? This is just proving that he, you know, he, he he's more committed than any other player in the league and all this other nonsense. And then the guy, this is what separates him from Jordan. Because Jordan would have went there and scored 31 in the first half. But he would have paced himself. He would have left some in the tank to be there in the fourth quarter. Instead, LeBron so having much. to sit there and let them inbound the ball. And, so we can, and then he takes like 20 seconds to catch his breath to pass the ball to Austin freaking Reeves. 
you're the greatest player on the court, right? You want to say that you're the GOAT, right? If you're going to disrespect the game of basketball while sitting there taking a timeout on the court, your ass better drive the rack and not, and not give the ball to some glorified, undrafted, free agent role player that is Austin Reeves. I'm sick of it. Every time I try to give this fool a chance to win me over, he goes and does some stuff that just makes it so much easier to keep on hating on him. On top of the fact, I got notifications this weekend about what his son wore to prom and his other son leaving high school. Bleacher Report. I don't give a damn. Whoever asked to hear about what LeBron James's family is doing. I know it wasn't me. I'm sick of it. What I love out of that entire rant is that you went to the Jordan route. You went the Jordan direction and said Jordan would have paced himself and not complete. Like, I like the fact that the points would have counted a little differently, that it really would have been 45 for Jordan if he had just paced himself a little bit more instead of the 40 that LeBron went for 38 last night. I love that. Are you feeling better? Is it not? Is, is it not true? Like MJ would have had because you know Roy Williams said he never freaking turned it off. <laughs> he would have still been there. I mean, this dude, and like oh I get it, like the man's thirty-eight years old and all that stuff. But he Jeez. was so gassed that you're passing up the ball for D'Angelo Brick Russell in the fourth quarter with your season on the line, with your legacy on the line, because your time in L.A. is a failure. You have failed. What about a champion? A championship? That championship has an asterisk beside it because it was in the I know, bubble. I love it. This is You're playing the hits. Do, do, do you not agree? You think that no. championship is validated? I, I For one... I mean, I'm of the Michael Jordan is the greatest argument, but I have to agree with Shannon Sharp, man. People look back on Michael Jordan's careers. If he never got tired, he never made mistakes. Michael Jordan had games where he shot the ball, ball poorly in the finals. He passed the ball to Steve Kerr to win a big playoff game for him. He passed the ball to John Paxson to win a big playoff game for him. So the revisionist history on Michael Jordan is off the chain. I mean, I knew LeBron was going to get tired towards the end of the game because any player would get that tired after they exerted themselves. We saw Jamal Murray just the game before light them up for 30 in the first half and finish the game with 37 points. No human on earth is going to go out there and play those type of minutes, put up that type of of, of output in the mm-hmm. first half, and then be able to keep it going for the second half. It's not humanly possible, but people with Michael Jordan, they do act like that he was just perfect in every single thing that he did. How are you doing over there, Fiddy? That was angry. That was that was yelling. You were ready to go off on LeBron James last night. Was it the comments that made you more angry? Or was it the fact that they didn't make it to the NBA Finals that made you more angry? Hang on. Come, come with me again because th- this texter just, he, 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 you know. he's I, This is brilliant radio. I was going to say, what is making you more angry about LeBron? The retirement comments, quote unquote, or was it the fact that he did not get his team to the NBA Finals? Oh, no, it's the retirement comments. Because then he came back and said, you know, it might be my aspirations to play with my son, but it might not be his aspirations. That's not what you said two years ago. You said that your your career aspirations, one of the achievements of your career, I went back would to the be well. playing on your NBA or be on, on an NBA uh, court with your son. And now because you're 38 and it doesn't look like you can continue to do that because your son is not a one-and-done prospect, Oh, maybe it's not his aspirations to play with his father. Don't use your kid as an escape goat, man. There you go. Or maybe it's and not his son's aspirations to do that. Maybe Bronny's kind of hinted to him that, hey, I, I might not want to do that. 
I don't believe that. He knows this kid ain't going to be in the NBA next year, and he knows that he can't do it for two more years. What would you think of Bronny's suit, though, at prom fitting? Did you like it? <laughs> or should he have been at you home see, watching the Final like Four? it's people like you that allow <laughs> right. this crap to happen <laughs> because you don't push back on it. Now it's my fault. I'm sorry. You didn't, I mean, you didn't even push back on anything I ranted about. You're just over you there. Talk? You probably were cheering him when they showed the footage of him shooting during the rehearsal ceremony. Uh, I ceremony. enjoy seeing the youngins live their life out here, man. Well, and it's, I, I don't just, have a problem with it. Right. I just push back on Fiddy's take about how Michael would have spread his point total right, out. Right. And then the fact that <laughs> it would have been the same score, right? Right? Like, if he hits a last-second shot to make it 113-111, yeah. You uh, also don't believe the bubble has an asterisk beside it? No, I don't. How? It wasn't It wasn't the NBA playoffs. They had every single team. If every team is going through the same exact circumstances, then how is it any different for one team that's going through the same circumstances as every other team that's in the bubble? The Dodgers World Series has an asterisk because it was 60 games. Like, you're playing that in didn't a ballroom. That didn't answer like, my you, question. You're not having to go on the road. You're not having to play in the altitude like you had to play in Denver. You're playing at a resort. No, you're playing in a bubble where you had zero social socialization, where people would tell you that the bubble really affected with their brain in there. Like, it really was hard to deal with everything going on with COVID-19 and having to not have any social socialization. Like, that actually made a big difference. You and signed plus, up for it. You could have not went. Well, that's true, but they did, and everybody had the same exact circumstances and LeBron and the Lakers were better at those circumstances than everybody else playing under the same exact conditions. No, there's no asterisk along with the Lakers championship that they won. That'll do it for campus corner. That'll do it for NBA postseason talk. That'll do it for Fitty yelling at the mic coming up next. We have on this day in sports history. It's Wesson Walker sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Weston Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I lied. We don't have anything on this day in sports history. I do. I did look at something. And one thing that's interesting is on this day in sports history, we actually had the first Preakness run in 1873. Okay, I saw that, but I was like, I don't think they have anything to say about that. Well, I was going to say just how much are you into horse racing with the Kentucky Derby having already taken place alongside the Preakness too. Did the Triple Crown actually not ruin, but did it lose the allure of actually tuning in to every single one of these horse races when we did see the Triple Crown finally attained by California Chrome? I like horse racing. <laughs> okay. I mean, Maybe I, mean, you're I right. watched Maybe Kentucky we didn't Derby. have a whole lot on that. <laughs> yeah, I watched Kentucky Derby. But that's about it. No, Pretty I mean, I, I watch it if there's, like, now I've, I didn't watch the Preakness on Saturday. Yeah, but I'll most take a, years, if there's a chance for a Triple Crown, like, when American Pharaoh did it, it was appointment TV watching. Yeah, I'll check out the Preakness, though, to see if somebody American is going to be American Pharaoh, not California to. Chrome. I don't know why I said that. Yes, American yeah. Pharaoh. Yeah, I'll check out the Preakness to see, after the Kentucky Derby, to see if somebody will have a chance to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what some that's what people will talk about is the fact that all right, well, we already saw the Triple Crown. Now we're not going to be able to witness history for the first time since Affirmed was able to do it. So now it has been something more recent. So there you go. There's your little on the stay in sports history. I did want to also go to the text line, and something I found funny was Brian and Fitty while the show was going on. 
they had a full-on conversation about toaster strudels. I was going to read that dialogue with you. Brian texted, for me, I just use a little icing on one strudel and then double down on the icing on the other for an icing blast. Fitty said, well, I eat three of them, so I have to use one packet for each individual strudel. Brian said, what's your favorite flavor of toaster strudel, Fitty? Fitty said, apple, exclamation point. Brian said, I've never, I've never actually had apple before. I'll have to check it out at some point. I'm a sucker for chocolate, though. That's my favorite. Fitty said, I might have a heart attack if I ate the chocolate one, LOL. Brian said, only if you have more than three. Just a full-on <laughs> conversation with a listener about toaster strudels as we are doing the show. And you guys are just reminiscing about chocolate, apple. I really respect that multitasking that you often brag about. It's uh, you know, it's why I call myself the station because I am a man of the people. I'm a man of the listeners. And look, I can sit here and board up, complain about LeBron, yep. and text you all at the same time. Yeah. Now, it looks – now, you were – you were uh, bragging about how many people agreed with you. <laughs> Stop bragging. Oh, oh, fitty. URSC people agree with me. People were agreeing with you. Some of them were about the asterisk belonging to the Lakers championship a few years back. There were some people that were agreeing with me. I don't think we got a definitive answer from West, though. Do we have an asterisk on that championship from LeBron and the Lakers? Well, you know, I like to say it talking trash, but I did hear a good point the other day from one Cameron. Cameron Giles off his wow. new YouTube show, actually, that, that's blowing up everywhere. But he was just talking about how the con- – Lord, have mercy. But just the yeah. conditions that everybody had to go through in the bubble. And he said, to me, it was pure basketball because there were no distractions. There were no crowd. Guys just really had to get out there and hoop. And I thought that was a uh, that was a pretty good point. And everybody, like you said, were going through mm-hmm. – uh, you know, it's just stuff mentally there. Guys had a lot to battle through people adversity talked, wise. Oh, people talked about how bad that yeah. was. Like, I mean, look, it was it was a success. It was crazy. There wasn't anybody that tested positive. It's pretty crazy to see that the NBA had that as a full on success where you didn't have anyone. That yeah. that's remarkable. So I'll give the bubble I'll give the bubble credit because the rest of his tenure in LA has been a disaster. Yeah, it's not been good outside of the championship that they won in the bubble. But you don't agree with any of that, Fiddy. I, I, I'll give you one more point on that if you wanted to go ahead. There's nothing else to point out. Like, okay. I, you know, that's your opinion. This is my opinion. That's what makes you you, and that's what makes <laughs> me me. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's talk a little bit more, I guess. Did you want to get into some more NBA postseason conversation? Because it does look like we are going to have not only the Denver Nuggets, which is confirmed, But we're all but confirmed with Miami moving on to the NBA Finals. There have been some ratings talks about this. Adam Silver kicking himself because it looked like we were about to have a Lakers-Celtics NBA Finals. But now it looks like we're going to have Denver for the first time ever and Miami, where I think Miami is a national draw, but certainly not like Boston, certainly not like LeBron James and the Lakers. And of course we can all talk about how it's a hard time filling up that stadium when they do play in Miami. Do you like this matchup between Denver and presumably Miami? If Boston doesn't do something that we haven't seen before, are you about to do Jimmy Butler conversation? Is that why you're laughing? Well, I was just going to say that I was speaking more team stuff. I understand. I understand. But you wanted to go Jimmy. No, 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 no. I'm saying that I understand it. And because I, I do love basketball and I do want to see who's going to win the championship. I will watch, but to say that I am 
uber excited about it because of who's playing in it. No, and one of the reasons is because of that. I think the superstar for the Miami Heat laughing, is a great, efficient basketball player, but I just think he's boring to watch, in my opinion, just as far as style of play. But I'm going to watch nonetheless as the NBA Finals. I've heard that before. Yeah. I've heard of that take. Uh, I think we should end every show by debating if Jimmy Butler is an exciting player or not. I got a message on Facebook. Uh, a fan hit us up and said that he thought it was just him that thought that Jimmy Bo- uh, Jimmy Butler wasn't fun to watch. Nope. There are plenty of bad takes out there along with you. And Wes is one of them with Jimmy Butler. I just don't understand how I can't. Uh, like, how it's so out of the realm of possibility to think his style of play is not exciting. Like, that's all I was saying. No, you're good. I, I was like the biggest once I realized there was zero compromise between us is when <laughs> you downplayed a Chris Bosh dunk one handed alley oop and said yeah, that was, it was a bad. Okay. Yeah, like that was it was all right. That's I mean, to be fair, he's stuck on a glorified all star. <laughs> this is another take that you have is that Chris Bosh is one of the most overrated players of all time. Easily one of the most overrated players. The, the Miami he could have won their two titles without him on the court. <laughs> I don't so know bad. what he did. How is it so bad? Yeah, Chris Bosh was a really good player. Because that He means, was a really good player. He's not an all-time great. But I everybody think, has to doubt their game back when they're playing with LeBron, and he was the one that had to do it the most. That was Wade's team. It was Wade and LeBron's team, so Bosh had to dial back. You're forgetting about when he was in Toronto tearing people down night in and night out, averaging 24 and 12. And not making the playoffs. Yes, great they player. were. Toronto was making the playoffs when he was there. And how far did they go? Oh, good yeah, they Lord. Go. Everybody got to win a championship <laughs> yeah, and all that. Stop it. All right. Sure. Michael Jordan, how many seasons did Michael Jordan play? He won a championship every year. He got six, right? He didn't win it every year, correct? There was a lot. Good Lord. There was. Is Bill Russell the best player of all time or is Michael? It's Michael. But, but he about, doesn't have as many championships right. as this Bill. Is, that's the truth. Because card. he didn't play in a league that had six oh, or six teams. Okay, in it at there the time. he goes. All right. Like, <laughs> well, what happened when Bird then was sending them home and the Pistons? And then he, you know, he did what most great players do. You know, he kept improving his game and got over the hump. And then he won six straight when he played uh, six full seasons with the Bulls. So do you think LeBron's championships were actually more impressive because he had to put the whole team on his back in Miami alongside Dwayne Wade because Chris Bosh was overrated or? I mean, he had Ray Allen there to bail him out in game six. One year. Shane Battier with a you know a, a performance in Game Seven that was pretty nuts. They won by like thirty. Um, you know when you beat when you beat the Thunder in Game Six, you beat a team of twenty-one year old All Stars. So mm. they, that was their first really deep NBA postseason run. Like it's Very just good. it's just ridiculous. Very good. All right, we will end with that. Josh Finney Marlowe on one to say the least. That'll do it for Wes and Walker. Stay tuned for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig coming up next. You're listening to Sports Radio ninety-two seven WFNZ.